Welcome to The Ryan Pineda Show, where our mission is to invest. I only expect to make money in things that I understand. Innovate. It's about believing in the future and thinking that the future will be better than the past. And inspire. I am much more likely to hit my goal just due to putting it out there. Now rocking with the best. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Ryan Pineda Show. Today, we have a very special guest who is a good friend of mine from Las Vegas. I've seen him go from many facets of life of real estate investing to I just found out we may have been co-workers when I was playing for the Oakland A's. And now he spends his time on YouTube exposing the gurus. So I've got my good friend Spencer Cornelia here for the podcast, man. Thanks for coming. This is awesome. Las Vegas represent. Yeah, that's what's up, man. So I kind of gave a brief intro, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, man? Sure. So if we want to go back to the Oakland days, I used to work in sports. I worked for the Houston Rockets, ticket sales, interned with a couple teams, and then worked for the Oakland A's back in 2014, 2015. Been doing YouTube since 2015. Got into real estate a couple of years back and uh, got plenty of stories for everyone. That's for sure. Yeah. Let's first talk about your real estate career because uh, I love how transparent you are. And that's actually how we met, right? I, was whole, I, ha- I had a meetup and then uh, we met there for the first time. Yes. Yeah, we met... December of 2018, I think, or December 2019. I'm super pumped that you got big on YouTube too. Because at the time I was like, I was a small creator, maybe 8,000. Yeah. And I was like, I don't have much influence to tell you how to do it. But I knew you had the ability to, to grow the way you did. You should have told um, me, dude. You should have <laughs> you you spoke up and just made me do it. Yeah, I was talking to your video guy for like an hour. But anyway, yeah, so real estate, I got in 2017. I went through the learning phase of maybe a year, year and a half. All my deals have all been headaches. Somehow, <laughs> somehow I have the ability to, to handle like the biggest I, headache properties. I think that's every deal, dude. Even when you make money, it's still a headache. Okay, fair. And uh, I was hoping to maybe hit a point where they all become easy. So they're not easy is no, what you're they, saying. What I'm saying is it's always a <laughs> headache. Just, just oh, yeah. like making YouTube videos. Yeah, for sure. So I, I did it for, uh, I was in meetups, learning, Bigger Pockets podcast, books, mm-hmm. all that for, for a while. And then I took on the fourplex. Probably the video that's done the best on my YouTube channel. Well, then it's paid for itself, maybe. Yeah. Well, I did yeah. make money on it. Yeah. It was a long, It was. you want me to talk about it? Yeah, yeah. So that deal, I started reaching out to owners through direct mail, right? I woke up at like 4.30 in the morning, was writing letters uh, before I went to work. And I ended up finding someone who called back and was interested in selling their fourplex. Mm-hmm. Nellison Owens. Where is that it? Area? Oh, okay. Nellison it's Owens. here in Vegas. Okay. Here in Vegas, yeah. Fourplex. And we came to terms on a seller finance. It was a seller carry because they didn't have a mortgage. And for a year, so we agreed in December of 2017 on a purchase price, all the deals and everything. I did not purchase the property until December of 2018. It took a full year. Why? He ended up fixing it up. It was a old fourplex, as you're probably familiar with this lovely town. Yeah. Needed a lot of work. There was headaches with the property manager and we ended up getting lawyers involved to end up closing. It was my first deal too. So I did not do a good job of moving at a good pace. And it just, for whatever reason, it took a full year. I mean, moving at a a good pace is not a year. (laughs) Like, I don't care how slow you go. Oh, no, no, I'm saying, I'm saying if I would have, uh, if I would have known what I was doing, I could have condensed that a a lot, a lot quicker. But by the time I purchased it for 300, I bought it for 300 in December of 2018, I had agreed to buy it for 260. And so I had a pretty good, or sorry, I agreed to buy it for 260. It was worth about 300, 305 by the time I bought it. So the delay ended up. Helping you. It, it helped yeah. me with appreciation. Only twenty grand down, so I owed two forty. We did seller finance, fifteen hundred a month. Did not cash flow. Ended up being some problems, and with the flips going wrong, I ended up having to offload it eight months later. But I did sell it for a profit. Right. 
So what? At, tell me about the flips that went wrong. Yeah, so I bought in Cincinnati, Ohio, lovely market. I ended up taking on two flips. You know, why not just risk, go go full risk, hey, right? I, I did it too. Yeah. I, I went Which go, I love your story with yeah. the credit cards. Yeah. I kind of did the same thing. I, I risked, I went full tilt. Dude, you got two it. Flips. Some, yeah. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I, anytime I hear somebody going after it, I respect it, dude. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't know anything about flipping houses, but I'm the type of person I'll dive in. I'll take my, I'll take the punches in the face. If I learn, I learn. If I lose, I lose. It's all good. And so I took uh, those two flips on, ended up having the first one I thought was going well. And when it came time to close or to list it, I had my agent go with a photographer and he said, it's the worst rehab he's ever seen. <laughs> that was not wait, a fun this, phone call. Wait, where was this at? This was in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. So yeah. I was not there. Yeah. And I trusted the lender sending out the, the draw inspection. Eight inspections later at 150 a pop, I figured every single time with it passing inspection, I figured the property Things was done up. well. Yeah. Right. I didn't need to send anyone to the property. And so that property went, went really bad. Uh, I needed to bring funds in to then fix it up to get it in a position to sell. We ended up selling for 130, five grand back to closing, uh, five grand back to the buyer, and it was worth probably about 165. Okay. So it was a, it was a tough drop. It was listed for four months. Oh man, we had a neighbor with a bunch of junk in their yard. Yeah. I was trying to coordinate with them. It was a long story, man. Right. So what did that end up losing total? Each about 30 grand. It was 60 total. So the first one, but I had I took I had a good crew on my second house, and so I had to send them over to the first one. Right. And I'm just, doing this all at my everything. job. You know, I'm sitting yeah. at my job freaking out. I don't, I'm I'm basically no money at that point. Yeah. And now I had to borrow money from my parents to then get out of this one. Yeah. And then the second one delayed, took a long time, and so I ended up losing 60 grand at least. That's just yeah. balance sheet numbers. Yeah. No, I I hear you. The one thing I'll say is, you know, obviously I've lost hundreds of thousands on bad deals. And I'll just say, I, I tell my students and stuff all the time, if you're going to just start flipping, man, really try and be local. Like, unless you just have somebody that's someone you, you trust boots on the ground, not the GC. You cannot trust the GC. You must trust an outside party to verify that, you know, this deal's legit, the GC's on time and all, all that stuff. Um, I, I see that happen, unfortunately, with a lot of people. Virtual is twice, maybe four times as hard. You know, anytime we do a deal virtually, the deal better be very significant for us to do it. Because even now in our current position, it's still hard. Yeah. And even worse if you don't know what you're doing. So you don't know renovation costs. You yeah. don't know what a good job looks like. Right. Totally agree. So, you know, obviously you, you took your licks and uh, you ended up getting through it. Obviously you're, you're here today on the podcast. I'm still alive. You're doing still well. alive. And um, I know you learned your lessons. And it kind of also led you to taking YouTube more seriously. Or actually, I think it was you, you were telling me your job loss yeah. actually made you do that. So tell us about that. I'm very fortunate with like all the headaches. So I had the job. I've been doing YouTube since January of 2015. I think January 15th, 2015 was when I released my first video. So I've been doing it for a long time. And I uh, had all the real estate stuff on the side go, go sideways. But the good thing about it all going sideways is I didn't have any money to go do anything. And I had to sell my car. So it's not like I could go do anything. I was just sitting in my room. Yeah. And I was like, man, I got to really ramp up YouTube. I got to really take this more seriously. And so I think the YouTube growth happened because of the struggles in real estate and not really having an option to do anything else. Right. And so then I uh, was able to do YouTube on the side for a while. And then April of 2020, April 17th is when I got furloughed because oh. of the health pandemic. That's, so that's actually that, my birthday. Oh, right on. It's, it's like a very, it's a very special moment for me. Cause this, there if you, you look at like single events that have crazy, uh, 
like potential for growth in your life. You know, right. we all have like a few in our life that have um, great benefits. And for me, that single day was one of the most important days of my life because right. then after that, I was able to do full, uh, YouTube full time. Whereas yeah. before, I'm doing it part time. Right. I used to ride the bus four hours to and from work when, because I didn't have a car and the job was out in Summerlin. That's crazy. It was a long ride. So all those first videos that started to blow up, it was, all the research was done from on the bus on the bus i'm sitting yeah. on the bus it's like it's loud it's annoying but, sometimes there's like people on drugs getting on the bus I'm but dude, <laughs> i love that i love that you know you made the use of your time and yeah. just that hard part because i'll tell you when i started uh trying to learn real estate investing right i, I tell the story all the time i was flipping couches and doing all this stuff but while i was driving to pick up or deliver all these couches i was making the use of my time you know, you double the hours in the day in a way. Yeah, I did. Cause I was going to make money by picking up or delivering and I was learning. And so I remember I listened to bigger pockets for probably three, four hours a day. And without that, I would not be where I'm at today. So, you know, you wouldn't be where you're at today if you didn't have those bus trips. For sure. For sure. It also, there's like a psychological effect that it has on you. And I think it can be a really negative event. But for me, I was able to flip it to a positive. The whole time I was riding the bus, I'm like, man, this can make a great story one day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, if this if YouTube ends up working out, because at that point I started having a little growth where it's like a thousand subs, yeah. two thousand subs. Like, okay, maybe maybe this is possible. It's exciting when you do it, man. It is. It is. And you know what's funny about that day too? Obviously, it's my birthday. But um around that time was when I made the decision also to start YouTube. You know? it was right around I was looking into it and you know, I think early April and then like mid April, I was like, all right, I'm buying all the equipment. And then I got the equipment. I'm like, all right, let's film. Let's see what happens. It worked so, out. Worked out for yeah. both of us. Yeah. Now we're kind of in competition. I'm know, a couple steps. I'm, I'm like a little head. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of cutthroat when it comes to competition. <laughs> so we'll, we'll either, uh, make a bet or we'll, uh, you know, do something. Yeah. How about this? The house yeah. on the mountain is mine. If I end up <laughs> getting to a million first, dude, <laughs> you know, that's actually a good bet because it will motivate me a ton. You know, like I always make bets with people that it's got to hurt, you know, because a lot of people be like, oh, yeah, I'll bet you a hundred bucks. I'm like, I don't I don't care if I lose. Do like, you think people can learn actually learn real estate before risking something? Meaning so in my experience, I found that you you really learn something, really anything, but we'll stick it to real estate when you have something at risk. Right. When you have a loan and you can lose money. Yeah. That's when you really go, okay, now I understand the square foot. Yeah. I understand price per square for luxury vinyl plank. Yeah. How much I mean, it costs there, there's nothing like going through it, right? right? And encountering problems. Like you can learn the theory, you can learn how things happen, but to actually do them is a different ball game. And it's funny, dude. Um, and we'll talk about this with your YouTube channel too. Um, because you, you're the guru exposer, but like one of the serious things that I tell students who are on the fence about joining my coaching program or whatever like, honestly, most people, they read my book and it's a great book. It has all the tools, everything. But the reality is you have nothing to lose by not doing it. Like you, you either download it for free on my website. And if you guys don't know, you can go to ryanpineda.com and download it. Um, or you bought it for 10 bucks on Amazon and you know, you liked it, but you're like, ah, you know, if I don't do anything, I don't do anything. But something changes when you buy a thousand dollar course or you pay significant money to hire me as a coach or anybody as a mentor, right? Right. And, you know, you might not be getting different information, which I'll tell you, you do get different information with me because I can help you. But, like, you're going to take different action because now you have significant risk on the line. You want to get an ROI on your investment. Hopefully. 
Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I hope they're buying with the with the goal of taking action. I would hope. Well, but it just goes back to your point, right? Like if you have something on the line, yeah. you will take different action than when you don't. Hundred percent. And that's that's the reality of anything. Yeah. Like uh, for instance, I've just bought all of this camera equipment. You know, sixty thousand dollars. I tell you what, I'm filming a lot of content <laughs> right now because I have this stuff. But yeah. you know, if if I just had my iPhone. Maybe I film it, maybe I don't. Right. It's easier to find a reason to say, not today. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Not today. I'm busy with real estate. Oh, not today. I'm doing this. But when you have this whole setup, it's like, you know what? No, no, no. Monday comes, we're doing, Tuesday comes, we're doing video. We have to. Yeah, you have you know, to. I got to get a return on this investment. Yeah. So there, there's for sure benefits to having risk. And you're back against the wall, you know? Yeah. When you when you literally have no choice but to succeed, <laughs> You, you better succeed. Yeah. And there's something too, like with real estate, just take on your first deal, man. Like you'll learn so much, right. especially renovation properties. You learn so much about every part of it. Closing, just the aspect of closing on a house right. is a big hurdle for a lot of people. Yeah, no, for sure. The, you don't you don't know anything until you really do a deal. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, the YouTube channel, man. We kind of uh, have talked about it here in the intro. Um, but yeah, tell started us, doing tell my us. flips September, 2018. And at that time I realized there's a lot of information from the television shows, some of the gurus that just wasn't accurate, or I felt like they weren't painting a clear picture. And so it got in my mind, I would like to do videos about real estate. Hey, this isn't as it seems, or the flip or flop TV shows. They're not showing you all the, all the details. And maybe a month later, I came across this channel called CoffeeZilla who had a video titled fake guru Friday. And he detailed people that were doing advertising, kind of shady advertising. Some of these gurus, the big, big gurus you've heard about, and that sparked within me. I'd love to do in a very objective look at a lot of these big names on social media. And so the, the point where my channel really took off was I started a series called Authentic or Charlatan, where I basically looked at some of these big gurus. And I just, I wanted to be very objective. I wanted to be very fair. I wanted to give an honest look. Is this guy for real? Does he really run the business that he's talking about? Mm -hmm. What's his background? So tell That's us where it all started. Yeah, tell us a little bit about what happened after that. I mean, who was the first guy you did it on? Dan Locke. Oh, Dan the Locke. first. One. It was the perfect one because I yeah. was I was I was yeah. so green in that area. I had no idea about about gurus and going after him. The first one was it opened my mind to this whole world of social media charlatans. And so that was probably the perfect first yeah. episode. And so then I just started doing a lot of research on these guys. So like, like how, a rabbit how many veal, or how many views did that one get compared to like what you're doing before? I wish I could have numbers for you. I want to say it was about 50 views per video, roughly when I was doing videos on uh, on other various topics. And then that one, it was it was pretty clear. It was let's say a thousand in the yeah. first couple of days. It was obviously much more. Yeah. To a factor of five to ten. And then I did one a week later because I had to ride. The, I was riding the bus the whole week, so I couldn't make a video <laughs> during the week because I was getting home so late because I would ride the bus to the gym. Then I'd have to walk home. And so, like, I'm not getting home till like, 10 o'clock. So I'd research all week, and then I'd make the video Saturday, Sunday. So I was only doing one a week. Well, anyway, I did Robert Kiyosaki second. Okay. And so it was very clear the first couple episodes that maybe 500, 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, but the growth was clear. Right. Is that when you look back and go, oh, that first episode's still growing. Mm -hmm. And then episode two, three, four starts growing as well. Right. It became very clear that this was these are the videos I needed to make. Right. So tell me a little bit, is Robert, is Robert Kiyosaki legit or not? I didn't see that one. He is he's like most money. of these gurus. He, he's, he's, it's very nuanced. And that's right. what I try to do with my videos. I don't look at, I'm, my goal is not to ruin someone's reputation. So a guy like Kiyosaki was an author. Right. Made up, partially made Everyone up Everyone loves him. Yeah, yeah. Great. He's very, very great for a lot of people's 
intro into real estate investing or into starting a business, whatever. He's awesome with that. Right. But then he runs these seminars that I am very much against. I very much dislike the way they're ran. Mm -hmm. And that is also a big part of his income, which I don't, I don't like. Right. So obviously he's got the whole, you know, free seminar model, upsell, upsell, upsell. Right. So, you know, what do you think about a guy like him? I mean, what was your take on the video? I mean, at the end of the day, like, was that it? Like, Hey, he's great. He had a, he had a book and then he transitioned to this. We don't like it so much. Yeah. I don't like labeling people. So I don't want to look at you and go, you're just a real estate investor. Cause right. you're a lot more than that. You're very, every, all humans have like a lot going on for them. They can, they're right. very diverse. And so a guy like that, I'm not going to sit there and go, he's a charlatan. I try not to do that. And so I try to, I try to educate in the but videos. But what about Dan Locke? Dan Locke had Dan Locke is a charlatan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll label, I'll label him. Yeah. He's a charlatan. Okay. But, he, but the thing hey, is, but he don't, also, don't get me sued on this. <laughs> show, all right. He also, he also donates to charity. So yeah. he does good too. Right. And that needs to be recognized as well. The same thing with a lot of these gurus is he he can write a great book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, that helps so many people, and then he's got the seminars too. Right. And so it's diverse. So this one aspect of him I don't appreciate. Right. So here's something that I've struggled with. Um, As a so-called guru, because I do sell education stuff too, I've been waiting for your video on me, by the way. But um, my struggle is... I've had the Facebook ad guys and the YouTube ad guys say, Ryan, like, you know, if you, if you ran these ads and do it the way we tell you to do it, you're going to make millions, maybe tens of millions. Right. And I've resisted doing that this far. Um, I actually made a video about how I tried it for like a month. I was like, I don't like this. Like it's too fake, but their reasoning was this. They said, Ryan, you know, if you get people to jump off the fence, um, you know, we can, or, you can change their lives, right? If you can push them to jump off the fence, well, that sounds bad, but you know what I'm saying, yeah, right? Like yep. to take action. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I mean, that does make sense, but I don't want to like, like if I want somebody to want to do it, right? If right. you want to hire me as a coach, I want you to want to do it. I don't want to have to like try and force you into do it. And I also don't want to have to force you into like taking out money you don't have. You know, I think that's the big issue, right? Well, especially in real estate. Yeah. If you don't have any money, it's going to be a little bit harder. It's hard to, to train you if you, you don't have money. Yeah. And you want, you want successful students right? at the end of the day. So, so there's that with it too. Um, but at the same time too, how did I get started? Credit cards, baby. Right? Like I, I took out money I didn't have. And so it, I'm, I look at it from like all these angles and it, it just kind of goes back to what you're saying. It's like, there's such a big picture to look at Yeah, is like, it's hard to say, oh man, you do this one thing, but then you do all these other things. So I, I don't know. I, I was, I had Chandler Smith on the show, um, yesterday with me filming and we, we kind of talked about that. Like I used to be at the point where I want to judge how everyone's doing. And it's like, I don't understand all aspects of their life or what they got going on. Or like you said, Dan Locke is, what if he's donating all the money he made, you know, yeah. like kind of changes how you view him. Right. Right. So I don't know. How do you deal with that? Because there, there is so much that goes into, like you said, a human. For sure. The whole series, the premise was looking at the person. Are they legit? Talk about gurus. Are they actually running the business they're talking about? If right. you're selling a real estate course, is he actually still doing real estate deals? Because there's right. a lot of people who, you know, had a couple good months in wholesaling, then they become <laughs> the wholesaling expert. Right. It's so easy. No money. Yeah. Don't need to own real estate. Right. The whole sales pitch. Right. And I think that's what a, a guy like you struggles with. I would struggle with as well. I would not be a successful guru at all because right. I wouldn't be able to make those pitches. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's why I try and be as transparent as possible with what I do. You know, yeah. I, 
I tell people I've lost hundreds of thousands. This is not easy. Like I'm almost discouraging you from like, doing, I'm like, okay, like just make sure like you got to commit to this. Like, are you sure you want to do it? Yeah. I try to be fair too. If yeah. someone does something really successfully, I try to bring it up. Right. I've criticized people before I've heard from their lawyers and in the video, I was super positive about them. Right. right? I, I brought about some, some issues I have with them, but then in the end it's like, Hey, this guy donates to charity. This guy helps this group of people out. Right. Right. So I try to be very objective and yeah. fair. So tell me a little bit about, um, how do you research these gurus and find out all this information? What I generally start with is I look at the social media profiles. I try to get a good idea of what they're actually doing. How do they make their money? A lot of times I'll go back to the first YouTube videos as I find those to be more interesting. How do they, how do they look at the camera? How do they talk? Do they, do they feel like they're a success story? You know, and <laughs> the title is how I make a hundred grand a month and they're in a $500 a month apartment. You can feel like you're kind of like, okay, there's already some shady stuff. So I, right. I, when I research, they're not buying people, mountains. Right, exactly. <laughs> I go back, man, I spend so much time. So I'm actually good now at watching videos at 2.5 speed. And so- in, Dude, in, that's crazy. Yeah, in one hour, I can consume two and a half hours worth, right? Dude, that I listen to my podcast at like 1.25. I mm-hmm. can't even do 1.5, I don't think. And I'm like, this is really fast. Yeah, two, <laughs> 2.5x. So it can condenses the time. So if I'm researching someone for two days, I can- and I've gotten pretty good at it. I know where to look. I, I go down every rabbit hole. So right. if I see a connection, they did a video with this person, I'm Googling that. And I'm, I'm just doing a lot of background research. I'm also pretty good at, about figuring out where to look, what interviews matter, what videos to watch. I'm always thinking of a theme as right. well. And so that's, that's probably the hardest part. So when I'm, if I were to research you, I would watch the videos and then try to come up, what's the central theme to this right. guy? I always try to have that in each video. And I just, I consume everything. How many hours are you putting into like, a, a Kiyosaki or a Dan Locke video. Like, that was a full week. Those guys. How many yeah. hours do you think it took of watching their content? Probably at least 30 or 40 hours. That's insane. Which is funny. One of one of the comments that, uh, very few comments bother me, but the, some of the comments that bother me, like, you don't know that guy. I'm like, sure? <laughs> I know you that sure? guy better than 99.9% sure? <laughs> of people. Because I know this sounds weird, but when I research someone, I want to know what they think. I want to put my, I put myself in their shoes. What are they talking you about? You remind do- me of like an author. You know, yeah. when an author is doing a biography, they'll, they'll, you know, sit there for a exactly. long time. Or investigative journalist right. in a way. Yeah. Right. If you're going from the more exposed type, let me find something that, that they don't know about. Now, now I'm, I've kind of transitioned a little away from that because some of those videos are a little negative. I don't like the idea of like, um, let me poke and pie. Let me look yeah. into your life. Let me find something that you're, you, no one wants to know about. Right. Or no one knows about that. That's kind of exposed. Right. Um, but I, I, I've kind of transitioned into a different model. But anyway, yeah, that's that's how much time I would spend. It was a lot, man. And then the yeah. editing and everything. So I did a video on Graham Stephan that I really lo- enjoyed. So I told his story from... I actually saw that. So you did? You, you mean Graham Stephan. Yeah, God. I felt <laughs> like such a dum-dum, man. I uh, I felt like such an idiot. Because I, I watch him a lot, but I never heard him say his last, last name before. That's why oh, everything is the Ryan Pineda show. I need people to, to yeah. say my name right. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so that video took so much time editing. Where we were talking even, so on the weekends, I would spend all day Saturday filming and editing, and then Sunday for the final edits and everything. So this was a full week process for the videos. Right. Not sust- for, Compared to what you do, as you know, you're, that's not a sustainable model. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Very much different than what you, how you operate. Yeah, you know, we talk about our, our YouTube strategies and stuff, and, uh, you know, you're talking about how, you know, you're talking about these big people, and so you're going to naturally get more views, right? Right. And my channel is very much me just talking about my own experiences and things that I'm either doing or that I've done, and just I don't really need to research it. Like, I, I've already experienced it. I'm just going to try and clearly explain it as best I can. 
And then uh, <laughs> when I do a video about either someone else or say the stock market, like I did a video about the Wall Street bets, Robin Hood deal, completely flop. Did a video about the stimulus. Completely flopped. My, my audience is like, we don't care about... We, we'll go listen to some other guy about that. Like, we, mm-hmm. we, we want to just hear about cool stuff you're doing. So yeah. it's like a... It's weird, man. Well, I think with YouTube, it's not that they put you in a box, but when I want to know real estate, Ryan, Ryan's the guy, yeah. right? I want to know that. There's a couple other videos that you talk about where it's like, I, I go to Ryan for that source. Meet Kevin's done a really good job. If you want stimulus, stimulus you're going to, you're meet, going Kevin. to meet Kevin. Yeah. And so that you kind of naturally get boxed in. And that yeah. I think that happens a little bit. Yeah. No, for sure. And I think when you're starting out, um, and for anyone listening to this, if, if you're starting out on YouTube, right, you may not know your niche right away. You didn't know your niche right away. It's something that you just said. It, you kind of fell into it. You saw some success. You doubled down. You kept doing it. Um, Meet Kevin did the same thing. I mean, he was doing, you know, but he was successful doing his real estate videos and whatever. And then he fell into this tax thing and he like quadrupled down. And now that's what he is at this point. Like he doesn't, I mean, I I think he'll still do an occasional video, but I mean, me personally, I can't watch it because I don't really care about this. Like I can't watch the stimulus every day. I could care less, Mm -hmm. but he has a different audience now. He lost a big part of his audience who followed him originally, but he gained you know, obviously a, a much bigger one that he's fine with and he enjoys it. So it's not like it, it really even matters to him. So yeah. my point is to the new creators, you can start off doing something and shift, you know, because it either works better or maybe you're in a different season in your life. You enjoy it. On a more macro level, you were a couch flipper for a while. Then you, <laughs> then you flipped houses. Yeah. Now you weren't even on social media. So even you on yeah. a more macro level, you've transitioned, you've done different things. Oh, hundred percent, man. I mean, and even like it was a baseball player before all of that, yeah. you know? And so it's just this slowly evolving thing where it's like now people know me for, um, you know, still real estate, obviously, but uh, dude, most of my consultations at this point are all social media based or business in general based. How do I incorporate social media into my business, get more leads, all that stuff? And it's like, Never would I have thought, oh man, like they're going to, I'm going to be the social media business expert and teach you guys how to, you know, create content to generate leads for your business. Like (laughs) that was never my intention. Yeah. So you just kind of fall into things that, that people box you into. For sure. One, one thing I wanted to talk about with uh, all of the research that has been a huge benefit to me is that I'm pretty knowledgeable in a lot of different areas because I've done videos. research. Yeah. Like when I go to a party now, someone talks about this and I'm like, all of a sudden, an expert. Oh, yeah, I know research. day trading. Yeah. I, I researched the top day trader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've recently done videos on sports betting, which even if I know a topic pretty well, I Did I you do one on that, that guy, Vegas Dave? Yeah, I've done two on him. <laughs> What's his deal? I don't know a lot about him, but, yeah. I mean, any guy who picks picks bets, it's usually fake. Yeah, the sports touts. It's all marketing. It's yeah. all, the fake, all the messages is the same across the board yeah. with all these gurus. Uh, what, what, to condense it, basically what they do is they promote a certain winning record that is just straight up not possible. Right. And uh, they basically, for baseball, three-game series, you basically wait until a game uh, someone loses twice and you double down on that third game, right? If a home team's yeah, the home two in the series. Yeah, swept or not. There you go. Yeah. So that's, that's one way. But anyway, yeah, he's uh, just another marketer selling yeah. selling the fantasy, the dream. Get like, rich easy. You know what's funny, man? Um, so I have two students in my coaching program. One um, had a Taunt website, and uh, that's what it's called, right? Taut. Taunt. T-O-U-T. Taut. Yeah, I think what I just said is not a good word. Um, <laughs> so Tout. So he had one of those, and um, – we had another guy who was in my program before that who actually is a professional sports better and has made 
a lot of coin over the years. And so I tell him, like, dude, you guys need to connect. And the sports better guy's like, yeah, I don't think we should. And uh, because he's like, I, I don't like They're those guys. not respected. Guys. Yeah, and he's like, at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's just impossible to beat the books, like, in, in that kind of way. He's like, the only reason we beat the books is, like, literally, like, card counting. You know, it's yeah. just they're, they're ca- trying to catch um, spread, you know, uh, whatever they call it, differences. And he's like, if we can win 51%, like, we're going to do well. Yep. It's the same thing. Tight margins, man. Yeah. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. Like, you're literally just – you're not. he's not even picking games based on anything. He's just trying to arbitrage spreads. Yeah. You have what's called expected value, and you're basically trying to find the value. If you think a team is should be favored by six and they're favored by four – yeah, exactly. You, you find the spread. Well, and but also too, he's taking the spread. If he, you know, he can get the line at six, and then all of a sudden this guy's at three, he'll just buy them both. Right. You know. Yeah, and you can make a lot of money on that delta. Yeah. If it lands in the middle. So it's like, well, that makes sense. You're not picking teams at that point. You're just picking inefficiencies. Yeah. And I so, actually asked him. I said, "Hey, dude, why don't you um, do that with stocks and stuff?" He's like, "The stock market's too efficient," and he's like, "It's sports betting. It's not as efficient, so you can actually." do it you can find find angles yeah. in a way yeah so add a, with the sports uh sports betting business i've also done music industry i've yeah. done the fake gurus the internet marketing world right i've kind of branched out in a lot of ways now athlete finances yeah and we actually did our video on Giannis, who uh randomly followed me and said he was a big fan which i was like this is so crazy dude <laughs> like <laughs> you've made it I've made the it two-time dude. MVP the two-time MVP saying I like your TikToks and this is from me who like eight months ago was like TikTok is the dumbest thing ever like if you'd have been like well dude if you do these TikToks you know you're gonna get Giannis attention he's gonna yeah. actually be a fan of you I'm like what this is no way yeah. so he's gonna be in here one day you know that he probably will maybe two years we'll see I'll, I'll have to I'll have to really get after him if I don't he's know in if Vegas. You, might, you might not have enough room in here though yeah he yeah, probably he got won't. long legs yeah he probably won't fit but uh we actually did a video on your channel about Giannis, and uh, so we'll link to, to Spencer's channel below. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, um, go subscribe to his channel. And uh, on Apple Podcasts, we'll put it in the notes. So. Here's a quick word from our sponsors. Many people want to talk about how much money they make, but what's more important is how much money they keep. That's where my company, TrueBook CPA, comes in. We help real estate investors and business owners across the country with all types of tax and accounting services. This includes bookkeeping, tax planning, tax preparation, and CFO consulting. I can tell you, my businesses have exploded since I started taking my accounting seriously. And if you want to do the same, you can go book a free call at truebookscpa.com. Once again, that's truebookscpa.com. One of the best ways to get off-market real estate deals is through cold calling. And if you want to reach as many people as fast as possible, then you need Batch Dialer. With their predictive dialing technology and built-in CRM, Batch Dialer is one of the top dialers in the industry. You can switch between single or multi-line dialing, as well as do voicemail drops and call recordings. And for being a listener of The Ryan Pineda Show, you'll get a seven-day free trial. Just go to batchdialer.com slash Ryan. Once again, that's batchdialer.com slash Ryan. One of the hardest parts about real estate investing is finding a good contractor. That's where Southwestern Custom Construction comes in. They've been doing remodels in Nevada and Arizona since 2006. As a fully licensed and bonded general contractor, they're able to help with any type of renovation, all the way from an entry-level fixer-upper to a custom luxury home. Southwestern Custom Construction specializes in working with investors. I've personally used them on many of my projects, so I know their team is legit. 
If you want to get a bid on a project, head over to customhomenow.com. Once again, that's customhomenow.com. Now, back to the show. But anyways, yeah, you're doing a whole bunch of different things. Like, do you have any plans for any other types of, like, uh, series like that? Not at this point. I'm, everything's working. Yeah, everything's working for now. And I think the more broad level theme of my channel is going to be more shifted towards mental health on social media, which is something that I think is a a large issue, a very, very large issue at this point that isn't talked about enough. Yeah, let's talk about that. Sure. So if you want to start with the gurus, right, they they get on and the, hey, man, real estate's easy. You don't need any money. You don't need uh, to buy the home. You just reach out to the sellers. (laughs) You just write a mailer. Every single one's going to call back. It's so easy and you can get rich. I mean, 10 grand a month is easy. So it all starts from a lot of the marketing and advertising that we receive. Right. And that is everything's easy. It's so easy that, to get rich. But that's rich, what then, people want. Do they? If Well, people want to hear that because if you ever tell it's unfortunate. people, if you ever tell people, Hey, you know, you, you can make 10 grand a month, like in, in one deal, but it's going to be hard. Yeah. They won't even try it. And this is the moral dilemma when you're running an education business and you need to sell and to be fair, if you think your product is better than the next person, if there's a dollar out there ready to buy, right. you think it's better in your hands, then it's actually your responsibility to do whatever it <laughs> takes to get them For, to yours. To yours, yeah. right? Um, but I just think there's a, right now, especially with the fake guru world, there is a, a prevalence of using flashy items, yeah. certain cars, certain houses, certain words, generally easy. You know, right. this is easy, easy to get wealth. No risk. And, no risk. And I think a lot of people are not appreciating what they have. And this is what, and if you want to go back to the struggles I have with flipping, one thing that I've, I'm very happy with in myself is I've become detached from money in a healthy way. Right. Meaning I figured out what I need in this world. I don't need much. And so I feel like I'm, I'm not as prone to this messaging. I know life's hard and I don't know. I just feel like I'm in a much better place. Right. I don't, I don't receive those types of messages the same way a lot of others do. Right. And I don't have this need to go have what they're promoting but I do think given how successful they are, a lot of these guys have a million followers, three million followers on Instagram. I think a lot of these people are making 30 grand a year. I mean, what's the average in Vegas? 50, 60 grand for a family household income. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so we're talking 30 to 60,000 and they're consuming this content. And I like to think that a lot of people feel a lack, right? When you're watching, I don't have that, therefore I'm not happy. Right. And, and so anyway, rant over. I think long term, I'd like to kind of transition like, yo, life is good. Just as if you have, if you have a healthy relationship with your wife, if you have yeah. a kid, you're making 45 grand a year. But you're yo, if you've got food on the table, we live in the greatest country, yeah. man. Like life is yeah. good. You've always got opportunity to better yourself in this country. Yep. You always have. No one uh, has any excuse for. Right. At so this we, point. We, all, we can speak our mind. I mean, there's right. some countries where you can't even speak on a podcast like this. Yeah. You have the opportunity because of social media, you have the ability to reach people that you look up to. You have opportunity to advance your life in any way. I mean, there's so many positives to this country that I think just being cool with what you have would be a lot healthier way to interact with social media. And then, of course, if you want to aspire to have the flashy car, by all means, as long as you don't feel like there's a gap where I can't be who I am until that time. Right. You know, and and you're absolutely right about the mental health issue. Like social media has created so much issue. I mean, you saw that Netflix series that was a social dilemma. Yep. Great. You know. And I knew that was happening even before that. And it's just like, it's this, it's this weird thing because people see, you know, this unrealistic um, lifestyle that people live and even uh, a realistic lifestyle where, uh, you know, somebody just has a great life and you're like, man, like, I wish I had a life like that. And, uh, 
man, I'm really failing. Dude, the, dude, the craziest thing is I get DMs all the time from like 16-year-olds to 20-year-olds. They're like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I'm like, bro, you're 18 years old. Of course you don't know what right. you're going to do. Like, <laughs> That's what 18-year-olds do. You got to yeah. figure it out. I didn't know I was going to do real estate until I was 25. <laughs> like, and so I actually had this thing on Instagram where – you know, like these kids, they're like, I got a hundred thousand saved up, like 22 years old. And they're like, wow. I don't know what to do with that. Like, uh, I feel like I'm not doing, I'm like, what? You have a hundred thousand dollars at 20. Like you're crushing it way ahead of the curve. Yeah. And you know, we had another question. I don't even remember how it came up, but somebody was like, oh, I just did a Q and a, and somebody goes, what was the first year you made a hundred thousand? And I thought about it and I was like, I think I was like 27. I was 27 when I first made 100,000 and uh, people were like shocked because they think Wait, you don't you don't make 100 grand a year playing minor league baseball. Yeah, well, <laughs> not even that because I think honestly, I think a lot of people who follow me don't even know that part of my story. Yeah, but because they think they see all these young kids. Oh, man, this kid made, you know, 20. He made $100,000 drop shipping last month. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, he really that was just his revenue. Number one. But right. number two, um, it's just like it sets this unrealistic expectation and like these kids are feeling like, dude, I am not cutting it right now. Yeah. So what the, the downside of social media, which by the way, social media, I'm incredibly happy for it. You can link up with people. You can, you can make friends. I made a lot of friends this week alone from social media. But anyway, the downside is that social media plays to the outliers, the most beautiful women, the best looking guys, the most successful men. These are the, these are the people that will have the biggest followings. And so when you're generally following these accounts, you're only seeing the outliers. Right. We now have access to the lifestyle. It's like watching ESPN. Yeah, basically. Right. And uh, prior, we we had never had access to athletes. I mean, we had, we had the concept. Like, when you're a billionaire, you can afford whatever. Right. We now see them day-to-day eating at the nicest restaurants, flying in the private right. jet. Right. So we now are consumed every single day. We're seeing so much of this. And it's only natural to compare yourself. Yeah. And to sit here and go, you know what? I, have a, a, I drive a Ford. I don't drive a Ferrari like all my favorite Instagram accounts. Therefore, yeah. I can't be happy or I can't. Uh, I don't have it. I, yeah. I'm not as successful as them, right? right? And so we've never we've never had access to this much media before. No, and no, it's for sure a problem. And I was reading a book. I can't remember what it was called, but basically they said that 99% of the content is made by 1% of the creators. I saw you post that. Yeah, that was really motivational for me too. By the way. Yeah, and it's just like there's 99% of people out there who never post, you know, or just very randomly. And, uh, but they got to consume the 1%'s content who obviously like we're talking about, they're the 1%, dude. I mean, they're, they're being followed for a reason. They, they live this life that other people aspire to live or want and, or maybe they, they like to learn from them or whatever. And so it's, it does skew the perception. Cause if you saw, you know, if everyone posted regularly, consistently, you would see 99% of people are the same way you are. You're actually right. probably better off than they are. Right. right. And, uh, but you only see, you know, the creme de la creme. Yeah. What do you, what do you generally hear when someone returns from a trip, from a trip or vacation to a area in this world that is not as nice as w- where they're living? Yeah, they come like, back and go, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Right. Because now they, they were in a world where people had less than them. Yeah. Right. And you spend a week there, you're building. I mean, some people are just trying to get running water to certain people. And then you come back and go, man, I got everything I need here. And you appreciate it. Yeah. Yep. It it totally changes your perspective. I was actually thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, how lucky that I was born in the U.S. 
right? Like you didn't have a choice. No, it just I was born into it. Yeah. And you know, I, I get to live in this country where we have so much compared to everyone else. Did you ever have to fight in a war? Never I had didn't to fight in a war. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if we were born, what, 60, 80, 100 years prior, yeah. we, we could have been dead I've, at 18. I've never had to go search for food or, you know, so it's like, and, and even the worst of the worst here in the U.S., like we complain about, you know, the discrimination and the the, way, the wealth gap and all this, but it's like, dude, you're still like in way better position than the rest of the world, being what's, the poorest yeah. person here. What's great about America is that we now have what we would consider kind of on the lower tier socioeconomic scale they have access to smartphones. Yeah. Right? So it's amazing. This country is amazing. Yeah. It has everything you ever needed. Yeah, yeah. You, Especially with the, the you downside. Have a cell, you have a cell phone. If you yeah. literally have a cell phone, you don't have to be poor. I mean, that's yeah. how I feel about it. Like, anyone can do anything with a cell phone now. You can create content. You can go viral. You can get the information you need to get out of your position. Like, if, you're, if you have a cell phone, you're without excuse. I don't care where you grew up or how much money you currently have at today's moment. Uh, and I, and I, look, I don't want to be harsh and say that, uh, I have no sympathy for people who are, uh, in tough spots. Cause obviously if you are in a tough spot, you got a bigger hole to climb. Like it is your path is way harder than my path was for sure. You know, but you still don't have an excuse. Agreed. So anyway, so that's kind of long-term where I see the channel going. I, I don't view myself. I'm not this egotistical guy. That's like, I'm going to change the world. Nothing yeah. like that. I mean, I'd love to have influence in the, maybe I get a million followers at some point and, Maybe people start to kind of jump on that bandwagon and say, hey, what, I can, I can consume these gurus' content, but I'm at least more knowledgeable about how the system works, right? So right. If, I, if I make videos about real estate gurus, they understand wholesaling, they might preach it as being easy, right. but Spencer shared how it really is. Maybe I can show people actually running the business. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of how I see the channel growing long term, yeah. especially with the finances too. I'd love to kind of transition into uh, personal finance athletes. As I become more successful, obviously, I'd I'll want to talk more personal stuff. If I yeah. have a successful business, I'm probably going to share, hey, I criticize all these people. I'd like to share yeah. how you can also do it as well. Yeah, no, for sure, dude. I love that. You know, and my last thought on just, um, you know, the the issue of social media and comparison, um, you know, one of our mission statements on this channel is inspire. And so it's like one of the things I get people saying all the time is like, man, like it's, it's so inspiring what you're doing. And uh, I, I felt the same way with other people, you know, whenever anything, honestly, anything I've ever done in my life, it was because somebody else inspired me to do it, right? Whether it was playing baseball, watching the best athletes ever, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. inspired me to play baseball. Uh, whether it was real estate, just seeing like all these guys making money, doing this, having financial freedom, it inspired me to do real estate. Uh, seeing all these guys on YouTube have influence, make money doing it, and you know just how it affected their business, I'm like, all right, I wanna make YouTube content. If, if other people who are doing things at a high level aren't showcasing it and inspiring others, that's also the issue. So it's like, at the end of the day, you know, it, it is a mental health problem seeing those people, but at the same time, you also have to take accountability for your mental health some ways. I don't know what it looks like, yeah. but it's like, it, if that makes you feel lesser than, it's not their fault. Right. You know, it's something going on with you that you got to, you got to figure it out. Cause there are the set of people who get super inspired by it and are like, dude, I'm ready to roll baby. Like it, that, that's what got me into flipping was watching bigger pockets and being inspired. I'm like, all right, let's go. Like I get it. Yeah. But that also goes to. It's healthy. So you can present real estate 
you can share your deals. You can share your losses. Yeah. When you present a clear picture of what it really is, right. I think that's the healthy balance. And that's what Bigger Pockets does well. Right. You generally start off the show, tell us about your come up, and it generally involves I had struggle. some losses and some struggle. Yeah. Right. There's no faking. It's not like let's cut <laughs> let's cut that part out. Yeah. We need to tell real estate's easy. Sign up for our monthly membership. Right. Kind of right. thing. No, and you're you're totally right on that. I think transparency is easily the best way to go about it. And I think too, just for sales in general, and if you are going to be a guru at this point in time, that stuff worked for the last 20 years, right? Because information was not freely available. Right. It was hard to figure out how to actually flip a house. You're the gatekeeper to the secrets. You're the gatekeeper. And yeah. now they're, they're, the gate's open. You know, everyone has YouTube. Everyone has podcasts. Everyone's talking about it. And, you know, to be an educator today versus the last 20 years is very difficult. Um, and on top of that, it's very easy to find out every little detail about you, you know? Yes. So it's like, you better be transparent or you'll be exposed really quick. For sure. One thing I'm interested to see, since you, you have successful businesses, I, I kind of preach transparency. That's something I've always been, I'm very detached from money in the sense that it doesn't dictate who I am. Like I want people to judge me. Do you find me funny? Do you find me annoying? You know, <laughs> judge me off who I am, not off how much money I make. So that's why I've always been open about sharing losses and wins. Cause to me, it's, right. it's not even a part of me, but I am curious if I do reach a point where I'm running a successful business, I do understand that there actually is, there are reasons not to share numbers. Yeah. And so I am curious about that. So I do understand. And, and my whole thing is not, I want Gary V to un, open up his checkbook and share us how much money he has. It's not that it's when you, if you're selling your income, you go, here's how I make $242,000 a month in real estate here. And you're selling with that. Yeah. That's where I ask you to be transparent right. when you're a guru and when you're using money to get people to follow you, I think that's when you need to be transparent. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I mean, at the end of the day, we always share with our students anyway, you know, every quarter, because we run our business by quarters. Hey, here's what happened. Here's the KPIs. Here's what we're going to do to improve next quarter, all that stuff. Um, I think I've also shared it on my webinars and stuff too, but uh, it's, it's not easy, man. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Either it's not easy because number one, maybe you're not doing what you say you're doing, right? That'd be the number one reason why it's not easy. But number two, it's just um, it, once you get to a big business level, then it just opens up all this liability for no reason right. or, or headache within your company for no reason, right? You know, you get employee strife or whatever because, oh man, like why am I not being paid more this or that? Like, yeah. So uh, when you get to a certain level, it's no longer worth it. Um, right. I think I think it's very easy to be transparent when you're small like me or Graham or or whoever else, <laughs> Spencer, <guy. laughs> you know. But you know when you're running, uh, you know, hundred million dollar organization, you can't be doing that. Yeah, of course. There's certain <laughs> things that you can't share, and if you want to sell it, I understand. There's some things that if someone even to if buy you a wanted to even... sell, like you still can't share at that right. point. Right. <laughs> People yeah. like if, if you got a hundred employees and you built like you're legit. You don't if you're oh, Gary sure. V. You don't need. To share what you make. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Have you done one on Gary Vee yet? I have. I talked about survivorship bias. So what when I mentioned, I mentioned themes. So survivorship bias is basically mm -hmm. uh, you analyze things that survive a certain gatekeeping, for lack of a better word. Basically, if you look at some, uh, some I don't know, you get past a line. So the, the main thing with survivorship bias was back in the war, they had planes, right, that would return from war, the return from battle, and they'd have bullet holes. And so they would analyze, let's analyze what planes actually returned with the bullet holes and figure out how to patch up where the bullet holes. Well, the, you're looking at all the people that survived. What you should do is look at all the people that failed 
if you want to improve the plane, you actually look at all the people, all the bullets that took the plane down. Right. And so I, I wanted to talk about survivorship bias, more of like all these gurus preach a certain thing, and that is hard work and all this, but you don't look at all the people that didn't succeed. Right. And a lot of times you can learn a lot more from the people that didn't succeed than right. the people who did. Because there's so many elements, luck, timing, skill, talent, lack work, of talent. I mean, there's ethic. work ethic. I mean, there's yeah. so many elements that go into succeeding past. And that line, that barrier is social media fame, right? So once you become a big social media guy, mm-hmm. you know. You know, the, the one thing that I'll add to it to uh, give a different perspective, I, you know, that's why I like bringing on different guys just to, I have my own perspective on different things. Um, but one different perspective I have is with the perception that things are easy. Um, I've done a lot more thinking that and then realizing it wasn't later on, but I was so deep in the process that it was like, all right, well, you know, we're almost there. We're almost there. But you, you really don't know how hard it is when you enter some. And like a great example I'll give was writing my book. You know, when I, when I got the inspiration to write a book, once again, inspire, um, I didn't know how hard it was to write a book. I'm like, in my mind, I was so like ready to do it. I'm like, I'm going to crush this. And, uh, I didn't know how hard it would be. But once I finished, I was like, holy crap, that was hard. But if you would have told me how hard it really was at the beginning, I may not have ever done it. So that's like, that's the thing, man. It's like, I guess when your parents, when you're a kid, they tell you to do something. They're like, yeah, you know, just because they got to get you to go do it. Right. If they really told you what was going to happen, you'd be like, oh, no, no, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. I see it in in different ways. I think mind games, if you want to call it that, have their place for sure. Um, I look at everything in a nuanced way. Like I'm yeah. always looking at every angle. Yeah. This is what, I love conversation. I could talk to people for hours. Like if you get me on certain conversation topics, yeah. I can talk about like every angle. Yeah. I think that's why some of my videos do well. And so with the survivorship, so let's look at you. You did the credit cards. You had enough talent. You were going to succeed no matter what. You're the type of guy that was going to reach this level, but your timeline might've changed. What happens when you were leveraged on credit cards? Something unforeseen happens, a black swan event, right? right? Anything could have happened, right? Right. Not, not to, this is never to take away from the people who do succeed, who do reach the right. the pinnacle. That wasn't the point of the video. It was more of, you know, just understand that sometimes in life, some things happen early. Like for me, I, I lost a lot of money flips. It doesn't mean I can't be successful. It just t- timeline shifts. That's all. Yeah, for sure. No, and I totally agree with that. I think there are people who are going to succeed no matter what. They're just born with that talent. I mean, obviously we're all... Or, or the right girl turned them down in high school and they're like, <laughs> I'm getting back at her. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't I mean, make the sports team. I mean, look, anything. You, you had mentioned it. I mean, we're all born with talent one way or another, whether yes. it be uh, being this or that or an athlete or super smart. Like, you, you got what you were born with. And right. then you can enhance it as best you can. You can try and enhance your weaknesses. You can, you know, do all this stuff. But, right, there are those guys who are just... They're going to succeed no matter what. No matter what. They're just born with it. Yeah. And yeah, they might take their licks and, you know, it doesn't happen right away and it takes time, but, you know, they'll do it. I mean, that's why people that back to the original Instagram question, they're like, you were, it took you till 27 to make a hundred (laughs) thousand. As if that's like a long time. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) bro, I was super hyped back then. Like I I was like, man, I cannot believe I just made, cause I'll tell you the quick story. So before I got into couch flipping, um, you know, I, I'd never made good money, right? right. I, was, I was a minor league baseball player. Um, I don't even share the story often, but I actually was substitute teaching, um, in my meantime. And, uh, I was making, you know, a hundred bucks a day. 
And even then I thought that was good money. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, I make a hundred bucks a day to sit here and like, you know, just babysit these kids. And, uh, that was when I started reading more cause I was like, all right, well, I'm just sitting here. I might as well read. So I read rich dad, poor dad for the first time while I was doing that. And then I read these other things and I was like, man, this real estate thing's like pretty interesting. Um, but you know, it just, it led to all this other stuff and, uh, it, it just took time to really figure out what I wanted to do. Cause I was like devoting all my talent to baseball, you know, with no return or guarantee of success. Like people think that, you, you know, Oh, well you made it far. You, you got further than 99% of people at success. It's like, well, not really. I mean, like I, I spent 27 years of my life pursuing a dream that never paid off. Right. Financially. Financially. Yeah. You know, it, it paid off emotionally and experience and I would do it all over again. And it made me who I am today. It taught me, uh, you know, discipline and all the things that I incorporate into my life now for sure. So it just like prepared me for success later, even yeah. though it wasn't immediate success. Yeah. The beauty of the economy in the world we live in is we can all have exponential growth. So even if you are losing, you're, right now you're struggling, you have like a couple losses, it just means your timeline shifted a little bit. But yeah. you said 2,700 grand. Well, then, I mean, how old are you now? 32? 31. 30. So we're talking four years yeah. to the point where you got this social media following, yeah. Giannis is well, following you. And you that's what I'm saying. Four years, man. Exactly. And, that, and they, didn't see, they didn't see the five years where you're listening to the podcast, you're no, reading, not at all. you're substitute teaching. Not at and all. And so they don't see it. It's not that you you made a bunch of money in four years. You actually made it might you could argue maybe back to college. I mean, it might have taken you ten years to hit no, to that I, point. And I totally agree. And that's why I tell people anytime they ask me, I'm like, I got into real estate in 2010. You know, I've been at this for 11 years. I did. Yeah. I got licensed and I sucked. And I, was I think terrible. you're an expert at this point. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> if if, if uh, you know, I'm on your channel and I get declared. Now, well, now authentic. that you're outsourcing, I don't know if you could hit 10,000 hours. That's where 10, you're going wrong. hours of what? Yeah, ten, to become an expert. You know the whole that, theory. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had to have had 10,000 hours in 10 years, but uh, it's funny because, uh, man, now you got me off track. Oh, exponential growth. So, uh, yeah, it's like that's why I was making the point that your life can change dramatically really quick. Like for me to make 100,000 or six figures, I made 200 that year, um, that year, and then to go to millions in the last few years, like it's just like insane that it happened that quick. And if you were more money driven, I think you could even like if money was all that mattered to you and you didn't have a family, I think you like money wise, you yeah. could probably even grow faster. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, it just goes back to your priorities. Like uh, I could do a lot of things to, to make even more money. I got so many ideas that I don't execute on because we're I'm going just, to the moon. Yeah. The, the, I, the me, future, me and Jeff Bezos <laughs> are going to the moon. Not future flipper, future moon or future spacecraft. <laughs> future astronaut. No, but I've here. thought of that. So one thing I love about social media, one thing I wanted to do, I started a series called the journey to wealth. I don't do it anymore, but I wanted to track from, from like zero. Yeah. Like how cool would it be if Mark Zuckerberg had videos of him, like nervous sitting on a couch in a dorm room. Like I want to make the news feed for Facebook. And you see yeah. that you realize, man, we all started somewhere. No. You know? and, and that's what I tell people all the time. Like, so I have a social media course, another guru thing. And I tell people like literally start from scratch like today. Like I don't care if you have no success at all because number one, it's going to be inspiring for what you just said. If you do succeed and do something great, man, I wish I would have had me flipping all those couches on Instagram and YouTube, dude, back in, you know, 2014, whatever. Yeah, when people are like, man, I can't be like you. You're like, Bro, here's like, the video. Here's the video. Yeah. yeah. I, I wish. I was substitute teaching, man. Here you dude, go. Dude, I wish I would have did it, man. That would have been so epic. And, but number two, 
people can relate to you better when you are, you're literally in their shoes. Like, I mean, right. at the end of the day, I, people are like, well, it's easy for you because you're already successful and you got this, you got that. And I'm like, dude, it, once again, like, it's easier when people actually can relate to you, man. Like, uh, it, I, I hate, like, trying to, like, pump myself up or anything, like, so I don't want this to come off the wrong way. But, like, one of the things was, it was, like, this super funny but somewhat true comment on YouTube. There was, like, well, yeah, of course, you're, you're blown up on YouTube. You're good looking and you speak well. Uh, what do you, what are the ugly guys like us supposed to do? <laughs> that, that was the comment. And, the only reason. Yeah. And I was only like, reason you made it. Yeah. But the other thing I go was, dude, have you seen the YouTubers like who make it? Like they're, <laughs> they're not, they are not good looking. They are not like these extraordinary people mm-hmm. um, that you, they're not athletes. They're not models. They're not any of this. Right. Yeah. I mean, in, in the finance space, being good looking doesn't really, uh, doesn't mean anything. No, like yeah. dude, my channel's 85% dudes. Like what does it matter? <laughs> so it's a good point. Yeah. Like you, but those are the, those are the misconceptions that people have when they start. I need experience. I need, uh, this type of talent or this look or this or that. I'm like, guys, no, you don't. Okay. You don't just start making content today and, uh, you can have exponential growth. Like you said. Um, but it's and you also easy. see part of the outliers is like when people make it. So where you're at on TikTok now, where you're at YouTube content creation, you're way different today than where you were before when it when it wasn't yeah. growing. So like what you're seeing is generally a, not a finished product, but you might see someone. I'm I'm six years in the game now, right? So I'm six years ahead of anyone starting. So you can't compare me where I'm at to where you're at. You there's a lot of people so much better than me on YouTube, so much better than me making right. better content. But just because they're just starting, they're they're not at the subscriber number. Right. right, but they'll pass me for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, dude, it's, you know, I, I guess that's the message I want to leave people with is, um, you know, to be transparent, but also inspire in a way that, like, it doesn't prohibit, you know, like, this is really hard, like, so, so difficult, you know. Yeah, you it, don't want to people, you don't want to stop people right, from trying. Exactly. For sure. um, but yeah, I mean, the, or um, I'll tell you, like, Chandler was on the show. He, he, uh, you know, talked about his journey and it's been hard to get to where he's at today. We all have very similar, um, subscribers now and it's just a different journey for everyone. And, you know, I look at a guy like, uh, what's his name? Eric, you know, he got got to a million subscribers in a year. One year. It's, it's crazy. Like what's possible if you really devote yourself to it. So Anything could happen, man. You you could get a thousand subscribers next year, or you can get a million. Like, there's people out there <laughs> right now with talent to get fifty thousand subs, and fifty thousand subs for a lot of people could change their life. Oh yeah. Right? There's people right now watching this that you absolutely have the talent within you to make that. Either the story, the ability to sing, yeah. the ability to I, anything, make documentaries. I mean, I mean anything. With fifty thousand subs, you you could make six figures a year easily for sure. Yeah. And so it's like, you don't need millions or anything. I mean, even with 20,000 subs, you can make six figures a year if, you know, you get the back end things. I look at realtors right now. I'm sure you do too, where there's such a space right now on YouTube where if you're a rock star realtor, oh you could have 5,000 subs and make six figures easily. I, um, easily. Dude, so easy. If I, if I had to transition, if I lost my YouTube channel, I'd go to Cincinnati because I'm licensed in Cincinnati. I'd be a realtor YouTuber. Yeah. For Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. Well, even in Vegas, nobody does it. I mean, I, I talk to my agents all the time. You know, <laughs> we're the most active brokerage on social media just really? because no one else does it, right? And yeah. uh, I try and set the tone for them. But 
I always tell them, I'm like, you don't have to be the best realtor. You just have to be the most visible. If you're the most visible realtor, you will crush it. And 100%. you'll get leads. You get people just knocking. Do you have to be good looking, by the way? You may have to be good looking. <laughs> realtor is one of those things yeah. where being good looking does help. No, but but you can also present yourself well, and that's, oh, yeah. that's plenty. Yeah. A lot of ugly, successful realtors, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I actually... Uh, I, <laughs> so I sold one of our luxury, not one of our, at our brokerage, but one of the top luxury guys in Vegas. I'm like, dude, you got to get on social media. You got to take it seriously because uh, you just been using your name this whole time as like, you know, and reputation. I go, there's going to be some young dude or young girl who's going to take it seriously and they're going to eat your lunch these next few years. And it's true. Yeah. And I was like, if I wanted to be a realtor at this point, I failed before 10 years ago. I understand now how it works. If I wanted to dedicate myself to being like a luxury real estate agent, I'd freaking eat his lunch. That's how I feel about it. For sure. Um, but I don't know. I'm just hyper competitive, dude. I mean, even when I started uh, YouTube with zero subs, I'm like, I'm going to freaking come after everyone in, in a, you know, like there, it's a friendly way. in yeah, a friendly yeah. way. Like I'm coming after everyone. And uh, it's like an all-star me. game where everyone's on different teams on the baseball field. Yeah. You look at, you're like, you know, I'm, I'm a better outfielder than you. Yeah. But you're on the same team. You want to win, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a little better than you. Dude, you, you have to be competitive to uh, really push yourself to a high level, you know? And once again, that goes back to inspiring. The first way, the very first way I got inspired in baseball was by watching guys a lot better than me, yeah. whether it was big leaguers or whether it was the guy on the other high school or, you know, travel ball team. It's getting more ink in the paper. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I got I to gotta step it up. And it, it, it's definitely an ego thing for sure. Um, but also it, it fuels you if you use it the right way. Just like you said, if, if that guy got dumped and it fueled him or that guy got um, – didn't yeah. make the team. Didn't make the team like Michael Jordan. Didn't uh, get the recognition he felt like he deserved. Like, that stuff fuels you, dude. Sure does. Hey, I didn't make my baseball team in high school. And look, dude, now, you're, now you're a famous YouTuber. I ended up playing in college, too. See? There yeah. you go. I, and, I, dude, I've heard that story with big leaguers who, you know, didn't make a team, and all of a sudden they're in the bigs. Yeah. So it's crazy, dude. But, man, we're, we're getting caught up on time. Um I just wanted to, you know, first off, I just want to say thank you for coming on, man. Um, if you guys are not following Spencer on his YouTube channel, you got to go follow him or subscribe, I guess. I always mix the words up. Definitely subscribe. Get your platform right. I know, dude. I got <laughs> to get it right. So make sure you go subscribe to his channel. We're going to link to it down below. Um, you did finally start an Instagram, right? I'm caring about it more. Okay. That's only for dating purposes, by the way. I want to get a big following to, I want to see if yeah. it affects dating at all. The YouTube has not helped your groupies. Your no, 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 no. I am a strictly male audience here. <laughs> so I'm hoping, I'm hoping to get, you know, some, some clout on Instagram such that maybe I could ease it, make dating a little easier. Well, you're going to have to either buy a Ferrari or, um, <laughs> you know, you got to tell people how much money you make, uh, yeah. in a fake way though. Right. Cause right, you got right. you're going to have to like really juice the numbers. Yeah. It could be a fake guru for my, my dating life. So yeah. like scam. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, definitely go follow him. And, uh, you know, we definitely appreciate you guys for uh, listening today. And uh, thanks for coming on, Spencer. Thanks for having me. Take care, guys. Thanks for watching The Ryan Pineda Show. If you want to work with me, head over to ryanpineda.com. You can find my courses, coaching programs, and upcoming events. We also have free resources you can download. So head over to ryanpineda.com.